a couple weeks ago, I made the decision that I was going to get laser hair removal. I was asking around and I was like, does anyone have a good place to go get laser hair removal? Because this last place that I went to, I felt like was pulling a little trick on me. Because I went in like four or five times and the hair just kept coming back. And I was like, I need to go to somebody a little bit more serious. So asked around and I was referred to Christina Kitsos. I went in. I immediately have so many questions about laser hair removal. I'm like, why did the first one not work? This, this, and that. She knew the answer to every question I had. So I'm super excited to be bringing Christina on today because she's just so incredibly knowledgeable about all of the popular treatments that we all know and love today, from Botox to filler to anything you can imagine. She knows about it. She's a multi-specialty trained registered nurse with over 15 years of experience working in some of the most renowned practices in the field of minimally invasive aesthetic medicine. So listen, she's doing the Botox and the filler. She's not doing the Brazilian butt lift surgery. She's not a plastic surgeon. So there's a difference there. But she knows what the fuck is up. We live in a time now where this is happening, okay? It's the beauty standard. Nowadays, to have Botox, to have filler, to have a facelift, to have this, to have that. It, that has become the beauty standard, whether we like it or not. And I find myself constantly confused about where I stand on it. And I think today's conversation is going to help me come to a clearer conclusion. And maybe you too. So I'm very excited to introduce you to Christina Kitsos. She knows her shit about looking snatched and hot, obviously, but she's also just a hoot and a half. So enjoy her. This episode is presented by Haagen-Dazs. It's love at first bite with the new Haagen-Dazs Dulce de Leche bar featuring rich caramel Dulce de Leche ice cream swirled with thick, milky Dulce de Leche ribbons and dipped in milk chocolate. Indulgent? Yes. The perfect way to treat yourself? Absolutely. Find at retailers nationwide. That's Dawes. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. Dating can be exhausting. Even just getting to the dating stage is a little bit overwhelming. You know, I'm not somebody who loves casually dating. I like to be in a relationship. Finding somebody you're attracted to is challenging enough, but then making sure that you're compatible is a whole other challenge. Well, Bumble is helping take some of the pressure off. Now you can make the first move or not. It's entirely up to you. Thanks to Bumble's new feature, opening moves. It's a simple way to start conversations. Just choose a question and let your matches reply to kick off the chat. Try opening moves on the new Bumble. Download Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Colgate Optic White. Their overnight whitening pen gives you visibly whiter teeth in just seven days when used as directed. Just popping the pen into your night routine will have you waking up with that perfect teeth vibe without even trying. I drink a lot of coffee. I drink a little bit of red wine. Listen, my teeth are stained a little bit, okay? And so little tools and tricks that I can add into my routine that make me feel more confident really help in front of the camera and just in my normal life. It's a great way to give yourself an extra confidence boost and live life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. To start, we have to know, or I have to know, how you got into medical aesthetics. Like what made you want to do this with your career? I come from a long line of doctors in my family. Mm -hmm. When I was seven years old, I used to go, my dad's a plastic surgeon. I used to go and after school, I would literally go into the operating room and watch him do surgery. And that's where I learned like the architecture of the face. Then after college, I didn't go into medicine. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go into business. And so I went to business school. And when I did that, I was in San Diego mm -hmm. and I was a nanny for four children. So I was not only doing my MBA, I was the youngest person in the school because I went straight from undergrad. I was nannying for these four kids and I was super stressed. I was yeah. not eating well. I was not getting a lot of sleep. And I started breaking out, like not just a little bit, but a lot. So much so that I literally did not go out socially for two years. Mm-hmm. I would lock myself in the bathroom mm -hmm. and I would pick at my pimples. I thought I kind of knew what I was doing. So I'd get like a sterile needle from because my stepfather's a doctor also. And mm -hmm. I had the tools, but I really 
didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I kind of made it worse. And then I would get like prescription steroid creams because that would decrease the inflammation. But it would also thin your skin, which is why they are prescription, not over the counter. So then I recruited my dad and my stepdad and my mom. And I said, we need to do something. So I was prescribed minocycline, tetracycline, retin-A, spironolactone. I went on that. All the things that everyone goes on. And it just like wasn't really working. And so I just dove into medical journals. And this was 24 years ago. So we didn't have access like we do now on the internet. So I really had to seek out that information. Mm -hmm. It was at that time that I found out about something called matrix metalloproteinase inhibitors, which is like a long word Mm -hmm. for something that increases the barrier function of your skin. Yep. Niacinamide. Yep. And so then I would like make my own concoctions and put it on the pimple. And I didn't really know what I was doing, but it worked. Yeah. So it was at that point that I realized skin problems are real. And then I was thinking, gosh, how can I go into business and help people at the same time? So then I went to nursing school. Mm-hmm did my RN degree, and then um, started working in aesthetics. Acne was just the starting point. And then I realized everybody has a skin issue, whether it's rosacea, whether it's a birthmark, acne, their hair is falling out. They have too much hair, too little hair, all of these things. And so I realized that I can learn how to help people, and I did. In the business of medical aesthetics, I can imagine there's sort of a blurry line, right? Where you're like, I want to help people, but we also want people to accept themselves for who they are. Where do you find that balance with your clients, but even with yourself? Like, I feel like we all are on that journey where we're trying to figure out, okay, when is a procedure of some sort enhancing my life and not enabling me and not enabling. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It is a fine line. It's interesting because I've had young girls, maybe in their 20s, come Mm -hmm. in wanting lip enhancement. And, And some of them you know, their lips are unbalanced. And so I want to even them out and balance them. Mm -hmm. But some are coming in because they've seen it on, you know, Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And I'll go in and and most of the time I will do it a little bit because the good thing about injectables is they're all reversible. Right. But what will happen is I will wash off their face, you know, with alcohol and prep it. And I'll notice a lot of blackheads around their skin. And I'll say, you know, you're here for lip injections, but Let's talk about skin. Yeah. And so I kind of veer the conversation towards skin because in my opinion, if you can have really clear skin Mm -hmm. and not have to cake on so much makeup, Mm -hmm. you're going to feel so much more secure and maybe you're not going to ask for those lip injections. Interesting. Because maybe you're insecure because of that and maybe not, but Uh if you are, I know how to help you. So you kind of, I think what I'm picking up from this is like, you'd rather start in a place where you're not actually changing anything physical about someone's appearance. Right. You'd rather start from the inside. Yes. You know, and like work with what's already naturally there and then from there enhance what's already right. there. Right. Because I feel like getting your skin to a healthy place, I so agree with this. When my skin is good, like I forget about other insecurities. Right. Like I'm insecure because my left side of my lip is like more flat than my right side. Yeah. But if my skin's good, I'm not even thinking about that. It's actually a great point. So it's true. I think that's a great way to approach it is, you know, let's work on, on getting our bodies to the healthiest, happiest version of you. I want the best version of you. Then you can go from there. always the goal. Right. It's balance. It's harmony. It's not perfection. Mm Mm-hmm. Because perfection's not real. Perfection is like, it's like when you see a picture of a tree that a five-year-old drew and yeah. it's all perfectly like, like green here and it's even and it has, it's, that's not real. It Mm-mm. feels artificial. Mm-hmm. But when you look at really like a painting of a real tree or, or a real tree in nature, mm-hmm. it's not a hundred percent perfect, 
but it's beautiful. There's mm-hmm. a Japanese term that I love to use. It's called wabi-sabi. Mm-hmm. And it's perfectly imperfect. Mm-hmm. So the goal is not perfection. Yeah. The goal is balance. The goal is symmetry. And you want that wabi-sabi. You want that perfectly imperfect. Because if everything is too perfect, and you've seen them on Instagram, mm-hmm. on all these social media, it's like, it's a little robotic. Absolutely. And it's, it's hard robotic. to talk. And when you see someone in real life like that, their face doesn't move naturally. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important to have that natural movement. I mean, to a certain extent, you can do a little bit of Botox to decrease the movement mm-hmm. if you are one of those people that is like really hyperdynamic with mm-hmm. your face because that movement creates wrinkles. But when you do too much and you look like a robot, it's uncomfortable and it just doesn't, it doesn't, in my opinion, look good. Yep. I completely, I mean, I think you even know? the people, how do you think it gets to that point? How do you think it gets to that point where somebody, I, I saw somebody the other day on, on my Explore page who has so much filler, like their cheeks are, are literally, it's like their cheeks and then their jaw. I have to yeah. show you after no, we do this because it was yes. the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. It Their head is double the size that it normally would be right. from probably even implants too in the face. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but I was like, how does it get to this point? And it must be some sort of, you know, facial dysmorphia, body dysmorphia. It, like how They're do you seeing... manage a client who comes in and clearly has some sort of dysmorphia? Well, I am a very conservative injector, but that being said, I will inject and I call it the Goldilocks effect. It's like, okay, too little is not going to do anything and too much is just bad. So there's a just right. And it's taken me, I've been doing this almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. It's taken me a long time to be able to tell people I'm not the right injector for you. And I will send them away if I think that they're asking for too much. Or I'll kind of like steer the conversation to, again, balance. So when you're talking about the person that has a lot of cheek filler or um, jaw filler, Mm -hmm. what can happen is... When you start doing that, you have to look at everything in relation. So the more filler that you put in your cheeks, the more hollow your temples will look, right? right? And then the closer together your eyes look. And so there's a limit. And then once those proportions become a little out of whack, it's real obvious. And people can't put their finger on it, but they know it looks weird. But -hmm. they don't know why it looks weird. And it's because things need to be in proportion. Mm -hmm. So when people ask for too much, what they don't understand and what I really try to educate them on is how an injection in one area will make another area look different. So like when you make a hill higher, the valley next to it seems lower because the hill is higher. The valley next to it is the same as it's always been. But the higher the hill, especially when women get older or men get older, they start losing fat in their temple area. Mm And I call it like the old elephant effect. So it, it kind of looks, you know, like elephants have yes. the indentation yes. right there. Yes. And, or Mr. Peanut or something. Yes, yes. And so when people start getting too much in their cheeks, it exacerbates that. Right. And it actually looks really weird. But but most people that don't have a trained eye mm-hmm. can't put their finger on why it looks weird. So then they might go and get more filler to go fill right. in this part. And now this is yes. bigger. And now they and have this now huge their head. eyes look closer together. Yeah. Yep. Because the distance from here to here is, is increased. Yep. So that's why I am such a conservative injector because I think a little goes a long way. And I want your friends and family to recognize you. I don't want you to go to a party and them go, is that, you know, Julie? Or is Right, that, right. It's like you, you know? don't want to change the way someone looks. You just want to like do these tiny tweaks that almost are the things that probably no one else even notices, but... It maintains. That someone in, is insecure about, and they just want that little tweak. Right. Like, you're more concerned about a little tweak yes. than you are a big change. A hundred percent. My clients stay with me for years because I have their long-term best interests at heart. Yes. And they know that. And I say no often because I really want people to age gracefully, mm-hmm. look like themselves, but also feel really great. I think people can become addicted to this stuff. One hundred percent. And they doctor shop. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as one person says no, they'll go to another person and another person. Eventually, somebody's going to say yes to them. Yeah. And that's how they start looking strange. Also, they're only looking at themselves 
normally in two dimension. Mm. They're taking a picture and then saying, I don't like this on this picture. But they don't see, we see each other in three dimensions. We see each other talking. We see each other moving and emoting. And so when you have too much done Mm -hmm. in a still two-dimensional photo, it might look okay. But once you start talking, it looks like amoebas, like like floating amoebas in the face. And it just doesn't move naturally. Uh And that is really, really obvious. And it doesn't look good. It's also, when you do too many injectables, especially fillers, it's dangerous. Yeah. The chances of an adverse event, like something called a vascular occlusion, which is just a big word for a blood vessel getting Mm -hmm. clogged. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the blood vessels in your body are all connected. So I drove over here today on the 405 and the 10 freeway. If I make a... um, an occlusion in a blood vessel, even if it's on like some side street in LA, eventually that will make it to the 405 freeway or the 10 freeway and to the heart or the brain or the lungs, right? Yep. So it doesn't really matter if you're in a small vessel because that occlusion can make its way to the bigger areas that will really cause a detrimental effect. See, that's that's the other thing that I think a lot of people who, you know, are really interested in getting treatments done they're so unaware of number one what the best options are because it's there's so many terms there are so many different ways of doing things like if you wanted bigger lips there are probably 10 ways you could do it so with that in mind walk through the most popular treatments I mean we're in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. the, the mecca you know the mecca of aesthetics it feels like what are the most popular treatments right now. And then from there, we'll dig into all of them. By far, the most popular procedure is Botox. Mm -hmm. It's popular because you can use Botox for so many different things and because it's so safe. There are like five different types of Botox, right? So there's Botox, there's Dysport, there's Xeomin, there's Juveau, and now a new one called Daxi. Uh They all work the same way. They work by cutting off the communication between the nerves in your brain that are telling the muscle to contract Mm -hmm. and the muscle. Mm -hmm. So it's as if you have a cell phone and you're calling that muscle and saying contract, but you have no cell phone service. Yep. People get Botox for all sorts of reasons. The most popular are the area right between the eyebrows. And we can call that the frown line or 11s or, you know, when people are thinking or mad or I can't do it because I have Botox. Shocking. (laughs) Shocking, I'm sure. Um, The other area that a lot of people get done are the forehead lines Mm -hmm. across here. I'm not a big fan of those. See, I can move. I know. I have forehead lines. Right? I have forehead lines. But I'm not a hyper animated person. So I don't do my... I do them like maybe once a year just to kind Mm -hmm. of... You kind of keep them at bay and make sure that they don't get worse. Mm -hmm. The other area is crow's feet. There are people that are squinters or... Even like really big smiles can cause those lines. Mm -hmm. But the other areas that are not as popular but are really, really um, powerful are hyperhidrosis. So people that have really sweaty armpits or hands or feet. And it is debilitating. So I have clients that literally will put on a T-shirt and they have to, within five minutes, they've got pit stains. This one girl in particular, she can only wear tank tops that are dark. I know. And she's a dancer. And so with her, we do Botox under the armpits and it is absolutely life-changing for her. That's so amazing. It really is. The other area that's pretty powerful is um, these muscles here are called the masseter muscles. We talked about this because I was thinking, because my mom and I need it because we clench. Okay. So clenching your teeth is really not good. It causes headaches. It it creates long-term problems with your temporomandibular joint. And also, it wears away the enamel on your back teeth, which over the years, your teeth are irreplaceable, right? You don't get another pair, another set. And so if you can decrease that tension every night on those back teeth, you will save your teeth. Yeah. It's so important. Like, when it comes to Botox, it's like, it sounds like to me, Botox is not going to give you any sort of life-threatening side effect. No. And it's also not even going to make you look goofy or anything as long as you're going to a good person. Because I think uh-huh. that's sort of what clicked for me when you were saying all this. I was like, this is all true as long as you're going to a good person. I mean, this is all serious medical stuff. You know, yeah. like even though Botox is 
probably one of the safer options. It's like out of all these different treatments. Yeah. So you still have to be going to a good person. It's still a prescription. Botox is one thing, but injecting fillers, especially into the nose and into the area around the eye, you can cause permanent and irreversible blindness. Mm-hmm. Immediate. Finding someone that you know and trust. And to me, the best way of doing that is by word of mouth. Mm-hmm. That word of mouth is so important. A lot of people ask me, how do I find someone? I live in, you know, Wisconsin. And so I always ask that. I tell them, ask your friends. Yep. You've got to ask around. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. Dating can be exhausting. Even just getting to the dating stage is a little bit overwhelming. You know, I'm not somebody who loves casually dating. I like to be in a relationship. Finding somebody you're attracted to is challenging enough. But then making sure that you're compatible is a whole other challenge. Well, Bumble is helping take some of the pressure off. Now you can make the first move or not. It's entirely up to you. Thanks to Bumble's new feature, Opening Moves. It's a simple way to start conversations. Just choose a question and let your matches reply to kick off the chat. Try Opening Moves on the new Bumble. Download Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. When you're feeling down, sometimes it's good to be alone. But talking can also be a big help. Keeping everything bottled up is not great for your health. It would cause me a lot of stress and anxiety. It's almost like, I use this metaphor a lot, but it's almost like carrying a backpack around. And when you have stuff bottled up, it gets added to the backpack. And when you talk about it, you get to take it out of the backpack. Now the backpack's a little bit lighter. Once I got older and I learned how to communicate, I never stopped because I like having an empty backpack. It just feels better and my quality of life is better. When you need to talk and need a safe space, I highly recommend therapy. It's a great way to work through whatever's bothering you in a judgment-free place. There's something really special about having a resource to talk to that is not involved in your life on a personal level. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash anything today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash anything. I don't think people realize how serious these things can be. I mean, we obviously started with talking about Botox, but it's like, I think Botox and filler are probably the most popular, right? Absolutely the most popular. And filler, it can be really dangerous. So filler is way more dangerous than Botox. Botox The worst thing that can happen is maybe you can have like a wonky eye for two, three months, or you might lisp when you talk if there was too much put around your mouth. Mm -hmm. But filler is dangerous. It's really dangerous. And all I can say is the years that I spent watching my father do surgery, I also did OR circulating for many, many years. That was invaluable, that information. And now injectors in the U.S., a lot of them are doing these cadaver workshops where they're going through and looking underneath the hood, mm-hmm. taking the skin up, seeing where are the vessels, how do I find the? Because when you're injecting, it's kind of like digging in the street. You could hit a pipe, right? Yeah. You need to know where those pipes are. And just because you know where they probably are, we're all different. You know, some yep. people might have a, a few millimeters up, a few millimeters down. So just knowing what to look for. And that's where the conservative injection comes in. Yeah. When you just do a little bit and you can always add and just do it safely. That's really the best way to um, approach any sort of filler injection. Yeah. And also using something that is reversible. So that would be a hyaluronic acid filler. I've heard about like filler migrating around yes. the face. Does that happen with hyaluronic too? It happens with hyaluronic, absolutely. And one of the big factors that contributes to that is over-injecting, doing too much at one time. So when you do too much at one time, it's like putting too much sausage in a casing. It's like yeah, there's only, there's only an, a certain amount that you can put in before it's going to start spilling out, right? So if you have a cup and I start pouring water in, at a certain point, that water is not going to fit in that cup. It's going to pour out. Yep. And yes, the skin stretches to a certain extent. Sure. And then when you're talking and moving, if it's injected in like a bolus or in balls and it can it can start migrating up. So another reason why it's really important to go to a qualified injector that has a good track record and also doing it in baby steps little by little. Now I'm curious because obviously Botox and filler are the main treatments. Like I feel like that's what everyone talks about. 
What are some other treatments that are really popular that maybe are a little bit less well-known, but still, you know, a lot of the celebrities that we know and love probably have them? It's things like radio frequency and microneedling. But when you really look at it, it's pretty much all intense pulse light. IPL or intense pulse light is a great way to treat things like rosacea, brown spots, Mm. like age spots or some people don't want their freckles. Mm -hmm. I do it a lot of times on active acne Uh to kind of kill the bacteria in there. Uh And also it's like a good way to stimulate collagen in your skin and keep your skin healthy. It's kind of like going to the gym for your skin, like keeping it in shape. Um, There's also something called Clear and Brilliant Mm -hmm. that's a great way to keep your skin in shape. And these are all different wavelengths of light in order to stimulate collagen growth and to stimulate the skin to regenerate itself, right? Because as we get older, the skin regeneration slows down. So if you're 15 years old and you get a cut on your face, Mm -hmm. it heals pretty quickly, right? Mm -hmm. And then I got a pimple the other day, literally a week ago. I'm like, it's still there. Yeah. It's still healing. Yeah. You know? And so it just goes to show that the older you get, the slower that skin regeneration happens. So we have to do other things like using topicals and lasers and stuff to stimulate that skin to Mm -hmm. regenerate Mm -hmm. and be in the best shape possible. Is there any risks with that one? I think the only risk would be if you come in and you have been on Accutane or Retin-A, those things make your skin more sensitive to any light, right? Yep. And so you can use, if somebody came in and say they lied and they didn't tell me, Mm -hmm. and then I would use the setting that I thought was appropriate for them. And it was like really red and could possibly blister or something like that. Yeah. So that's why you have to be really honest with the provider that you're, you know, tell them what you're on. And then I have... Uh, Morpheus, which is, and and again, these are microneedling with um, radio frequency. Mm -hmm. There's more than one brand. There's Mm -hmm. Silfirm. There's Morpheus. I think they're all good. Yeah. I'm not kind of the person that, you know, says like, oh, my my brand is the best. Mm -hmm. They're all microneedling with radio frequency. And in the right hands, I can make all of the machines work well. Yep. And so you don't have to it's much more important, in my opinion, to find a great provider than to go to a place with a certain machine. Yeah. Because ultimately, it's the person using that machine. Yeah. And their knowledge and their history. And they're like, oh, yeah, I had this one person four years ago that blah, blah, blah happened. And so they have that history. Yep. And they know what to expect. Another thing is microneedling. I love microneedling. Mm-hmm. Um, I use a peptide serum mm-hmm. that I created in Korea. Mm-hmm. And I microneedle that into the skin. Mm. And it's great. What I don't ever use with microneedling is vitamin C because there's this really, really rare thing that can happen. Mm -hmm. I've seen it twice Mm -hmm. in 20 years. Mm -hmm. And it's called granulomatous reaction from vitamin C topically applied and then microneedled in. So many people do it. And it's very rare for this to happen. But if it happens, I can show you a picture. It's terrible. And it lasts months. It looks like you have like stripes raised bumpy ridges all over your face it happened to a very good friend of mine she went to i think four or five dermatologists she was on prednisone on all of these steroids to try to bring it down and it literally took months because the vitamin c molecule got underneath the skin and it created kind of like a capsule around it so do you know Mm. if people get breast implants you can form something called capsular contracture and that's when your body notices that this is a foreign object yep. and it goes, uh, that's not part of our body. So let's create a fortress it. around it. Yeah. So instead of pushing it out, it goes, we'll just put a wall all the way around oh, it. Oh, I see. And then we don't have to deal with it. Like out of sight, out of mind. It's got a wall. That wall gets really hard. And so that's why when people have capsular contraction with breast implants, they're really hard. That's because that's the scar tissue your body created around it. Now think of that on a really small microscopic level around every little microsphere of of vitamin C in your skin. And most people don't have this reaction. But for the ones that do, and it happened to be a very good friend of mine, I was heartbroken. I just felt so bad for her because you can't cover it up even though there's, there was like ridges. Yeah. You know, it looked like your face is corduroy. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Horrific. For months. I mean, if it was like a week, oh, okay, you can deal with it. Yeah. But two months? That's horrible. No, I know. Horrible. And so then I started doing some research and I found out it's this granulomatous reaction. 
to microneedled vitamin C. Yeah. And that's why I'm really vocal about problems that can happen. And I like to share information and I ask people's opinion that are in this field all the time. So important. I've been doing it a long time and I still am learning things. I'm still seeking knowledge. Yeah. I'm just curious by nature. Yes. But um, the reason that I ask is because I'm like, someday I'm going to meet someone that's going to need this information. And so that's why I like to learn all of these things and yeah. then help help people. Well, it's so new too. It's like, yeah. it's all so new that you kind of have to learn as you go Yes, and stay up to date or else it's like, you know, cause even you just mentioned Morpheus like a few minutes ago. Like, I don't even remember what Morpheus is. Like I can't even keep, what right? is Morpheus? I know. So Morpheus is microneedling with radio frequency. So, so all these little needles. Only on skin, on face skin or everywhere? You can do it everywhere. You can do it Everywhere. Is it tightening? If you know what I mean. Um, oh. Everywhere. 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 <gasps> yes. Wait, yes. It, it, does it tighten the skin? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's, okay. that's, yes. So these little needles are going into the skin, right? Mm. And then at the very tip of the needle, a little bit of um, radio frequency energy is exerted. So mm. it's not doing anything to the top layer of your skin. But the new skin cells are grown down here. And then mm. they're grown here. Mm. And then they come up, up, up. It's about 27, 21 to 27 days is the process. Mm. And then they get shed off with the normal sloughing of your skin. So we want to get those mm. skin, like baby, newborn, newborn mm. baby skin. Like, mm -hmm. okay, we're going to get these newborn baby skin. We're going to get them in shape, right? So when they oh. come up, they're going to look great. And they're going to act mm -hmm. differently, right? So that's what it is. And have you ever seen a piece of bacon cooked okay so you start off with a big bacon right yeah and you cook it and it shrink eatings a little do you know what a shrink eating yeah. is am i yeah. Aging oh yeah myself? no of okay. course so it shrinks a little so if you think about that think about that concept if you put a little bit of energy into the skin and you shrink eating just a little on each tip of each needle the overall end point is a little shrinking so you do get a little tightening a little bit yeah so it like it brings it makes things look fresher, newer, but then it also tightens. Yes. Like if oh, I take away annoying. 4%, <laughs> if I do it three times and each time I do it, I take away, I, I shrink it down 5%. Yeah. After I've done it three times, that's 15%. So people are doing it on their abdomen. I'm doing it. Some people, um, like after the age of, I would say 45 to 50, uh -huh. you start losing collagen and skin that you didn't even know was going to be a problem starts to become a problem. Yeah. You're like, I never knew I had like crepey, thin, saggy skin here. Maybe we can just give it a little. Yep. Just a little bit. Totally. You know? Is and there so any risks with it? The risks of Morpheus would be pain, swelling. I mean, there's always going to be a potential for infection, but that's, yep. it's not, I've never seen it. Yeah. Bruising, mm -hmm. possibly, but even like a teeny bit of Morpheus in the upper eyelid. Mm -hmm. Because some people, genetically and it's not an age thing yeah they just have a heavier hooded eyelid yeah and so instead of going in and getting surgery there you can do a teeny bit of tightening interesting yeah interesting. and so it's all these little tweaks and again the goal is not perfection it's balancing it's making things because as we get older things start to look a little bit unbalanced because what happens is our face our skull mm -hmm. starts getting smaller mm-hmm Think of when you lose, say you have a, your favorite pair of jeans and you lose five pounds. Mm -hmm. The material on those jeans is going to uh, like hang or sag yep. a little bit, right? Okay, so now let's think of your skull as your body and your skin as the material. Mm -hmm. The skull gets smaller as we age. Yep. Guess what happens to the material, your skin? We're sagging. Yeah. It's yep. like a melted candle, right? Yep. So how do we do that? A lot of people go in and they try to just put tons of filler and that helps a teeny bit, but it can look weird. And so... We can tighten up with Morpheus. We can use different modalities to try to counteract that. Yeah. And the skin, the actual skin gets thinner. So if you think yeah. about kids, kids have this thick, juicy, yeah. resilient, lovely skin. Yep. They can make facial expressions all day long and it doesn't stick. It's because their skin is like velvet. Yep. Like velvet, you can sit in a velvet dress and be sweaty and stand up and it's like no wrinkles. Yep, true. But try to sit in a silk, thin silk dress for five minutes. It's a little hot. You stand up, there's wrinkles in there. Yep. It's because the material is so thin. So as we get older and that material gets thinner, it's going to show every little nook and cranny. So 
that's where I come in and I try to find the right modality within reason Mm -hmm. always Mm -hmm. and within a safe zone and just pump the brakes. Yeah. We don't have to reverse. No. We don't have to like completely stop. But pumping the brakes just makes you like tread water, you know? Yeah. Let's just just hang out here for a little while. Yeah. How long have you been in this field? I've been doing injectables for 20 years. Okay. But I would say 40 operating room, worked with 40 different surgeons in the OR, doing OR circulating. Yeah. So like all over the United States. You've seen it all. How have people's aesthetic desires changed over the years? You know, like, because that's so fascinating to me because I feel like a lot of times people go in and do things that can be unreversible, you know? Absolutely. Not in your office, it doesn't sound like. I feel like everything you do is not really, like, you choose things that are reversible, I feel like. Purposely. Exactly. I want no liability. Yep. I don't want to be responsible. I want people to come in and I say no often. Yeah. And they come back and they say, you know what? Thank right. you so much for not yes. doing blah, blah, blah last time I was here. Yeah. Because I really realized I didn't need it. Yep. So what I've seen over the years is kind of a change in the perception of beauty. It's interesting because when I was younger, I always thought I had the biggest jaw and I hated it. Mm-hmm. And now jaws are in. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but And then also when I was younger enormous boobs were in. Yeah. And I would see these people come in. I remember this one woman kept asking my dad to do these enormous implants. And he was like, no, that you're, you're going to have a backache. You're going to have all these, telling her all these different problems, but she was so insistent. But now they're coming in. They don't care about the breast implants. They care about the butt, right? Yeah. And yeah. so now they're coming in trying to do all these things, which there's the BBL, that BBL is the Brazilian butt lift, which yeah. is that just means that you're liposuctioning fat from somewhere in your body mm-hmm. and putting it into the butt. And that fat that is put into the butt, they have to like over inject because a certain percentage, it could be like up to 50%, yeah. will actually not take. Because you're waiting yeah. for each one of those fat cells to get a blood supply. And once they get a blood supply, they're like, okay, we're going to hang out. Now we've got food coming in. We'll stay. Yep. But until they get that blood supply, the ones that don't get the blood supply, they die out. So you have to make this enormous round, like it's kind of crazy how large they make them. And so that's a big difference that I've seen. And so there's people that either don't have enough fat on their body to liposuction it out and put it in their butt, Mm -hmm. or they don't want to go through that surgery because that's Mm -hmm. a really, really painful long recovery kind of surgery. And so they opt for things that are faster, but really, really dangerous, like Mm -hmm. life-threatening dangerous. And BBLs as a surgery, they are, they have a lot of risk, Mm -hmm. but at least you have a surgeon, hopefully a surgeon, not their assistant, um, doing it. Yeah. But a lot of these people, if we can go into it, if you want to, but. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. This was really shocking to me because I kind of thought that this era of injecting silicone was a little bit over. Yeah. Because now people know what can happen. Yep. So they used to do silicone injections into the lips. The thing is they would look good for like four or five years. Yeah. And then that silicone would migrate. And unlike a migrating hyaluronic acid, Mm. it's not reversible. Mm. And the problem is not only is it not reversible – But even if you went in for surgery to get it cut out, it's like trying to cut out jam from a sponge. You can't. Yeah. You have to cut part of the sponge. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it's, and then you're having like way uneven, you know, skin uh, texture and tone and, and it's just a big nightmare. Mm -hmm. So I had a client come in and she was really excited because she had just had her butt done. And she wanted to tell me all about it. Mm. Little did I know, I thought she had gotten a Brazilian butt lift and had the liposuction. And so she said, yeah, I just did it yesterday. And I'm thinking, how are you standing? Yeah. How, this is amazing. Yeah. And then I asked her, I said, where did they take the fat? Because you look extremely thin. She was like, probably five, four and a hundred pounds. And I'm Uh thinking, where did they get this fat from? And she goes, oh, no, no, no. I had it. I just had injections. And I'm thinking like, what did you get injected? And she shows me a picture of her butt and it is very, very large. I said, what, what did they put in there? She goes, I don't know. 
And she said, doesn't know? No. Oh, and no. I said, how much did they put in? She goes, two and a half vials. And I'm thinking, okay, so a normal vial of of just like saline would mm-hmm. be 50 milliliters. So I'm thinking she probably saw a 50 milliliter bottle, which is like about that tall, yeah. that wide. Okay. Like, that's still, that's a lot. That's 50, of like a foreign that's 50 material. Syringes. Yeah. Each 50 milliliter is 50 syringes of filler. Okay. So I'm thinking that's probably a hundred syringes of filler. Like that's a lot. She goes, you know, it was kind of weird. I said, where'd you get it done? She goes, well, it was in a hotel room. And she goes, yeah, this woman, she comes in once a month or once every other month and she has just a line of girls and I was like how much did you spend on this she said well for each vial is $5,000 but you have to bring cash mm-hmm. and I was like okay I have chills I, I hate do this you, shit this is really unsafe that you don't know what it was that was injected mm-hmm. she goes well I have a picture do you want to see it <gasps> and I said yes and so she showed me a picture and the little vial, the 50 ml vial that I thought it was going to be, it wasn't that. It was the size of your cup right here. Two of them. That's like 16 ounces. And then there was one of those little white, no, the little clear plastic cups that you mm. get at the hotel. Mm-hmm. And she goes, yeah. So what she would do is she would pour it from there into that cup. And then she would draw it up with a syringe. And it was all in the picture. I mean, I have the picture. I'll show it to you. She goes, yeah. And then she would just inject it. And I said, "What? what is that in the picture? I noticed a little thing of... Super glue. She goes, oh, yeah, that's what she uses to close up after she goes in. So I was, not only was I speechless, but I told her that she is lucky to be alive. She is. I made her promise to never do it again. And I said, you need to tell your friends that this is life-threatening. There's so many other reasons why it's not okay, which I will get into. I mean, one, highly illegal, but that's not even the real problem here is if that needle punctures a blood vessel. Oh, God, no. And that silicone goes into any vessel, even though it's in the buttocks. Yeah. Just like I said, the street that I pulled in here, yep. it's connected to the 405, it's connected, there, it's connected to a freeway in New York yep. if we drive long enough, yep. right? So if that gets into a blood vessel in the, in the buttocks, that can go to your head and you have a stroke and die. You can go to your, your lungs and you can have a pulmonary embolism. You can die. Yeah. It's not a joke. It's not something to take. She goes, yeah, there was like 10 girls. And she was telling me some of the names, and I knew some of the names. This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Sleep is so important. Without a good night's sleep, during the next day, it's more difficult to function properly, and there are definitely cranky vibes, which is a problem if, like me, every now and then, you might struggle to get sleep and stay asleep, and you've probably tried a few different things to help without success. Well. There's sleep, and then there's Natrol sleep. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients, like 99% pure melatonin, to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol, sleep tonight, live tomorrow. Click, tap, or visit natrol.com to shop now. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. This episode is brought to you by Purina. As the owner of two cats, I totally understand the healing power of pets, and so does Purina, which is why they're addressing the youth mental health crisis by making pet therapy more accessible. Research shows that pet therapy can help reduce stress, anxiety, and depression, as well as boost self-confidence. So to help ensure there's a therapy dog available for any kid who needs it, Purina is helping get more certified, starting with their employees' pets. To learn more, visit Purina.com slash mental health. You know, have you seen throughout time people risking their lives? Yeah. Like, is that something that's been consistent throughout? Or do you think that's newer now? I think it's newer. And I think these girls are making a lot of money on certain websites. And the other problem is that they show their friends and it looks good of course for a few years they're like oh i had it three years ago it still looks good see that guess what happens yeah in three four five years silicone it's not like fat a fat in a bbl it has a blood supply it's like we moved in we're staying we're not moving 
But silicone is just kind of hanging out. It's like suspended animation. Mm -hmm. And there's this little thing called gravity. And it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in a year. It doesn't happen in two years. But give it three, four, five, six years. And slowly but surely, it has the melted candle effect. Mm. And it goes down to the point of least resistance. The point of least resistance is the bottom of the buttocks. So it starts to look like you're wearing a dirty diaper. Yeah, It's all bottom heavy. And it's impossible to cut out. And these girls are just lucky they're alive because... It doesn't get, it, it got reported, I think about a year ago, I read about it, that it was, that someone actually died here in Los Angeles by one of these <sighs> illegal butt injections. Yeah. It's a serious so issue. And, and I just wish these girls knew that it's not going to look good in a few years Yeah, and that there's nothing you can do to take it out. Yeah. I think a lot of girls feel like they need these things. Everyone else is doing it. Everyone else and is they're doing fine. it. They're fine. And, and the truth is, if you're going to somebody who doesn't have a real credential, then it's like they're not the, – if somebody doesn't have a credential, they're not going to tell you the dangers of what they're doing. Right. So it's just this mess. I think that that's why the topic of any sort of, you know, enhancements mm-hmm. from Botox to silicone filler, that's the reason why I think it's so controversial the people that have good work, you think they haven't done anything. Exactly. That's called good work. And it's subtle and it's little and it's great. You know, injections get a bad rap because of the ones that are done poorly. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's just that limit that a lot of people, because they're so influenced by what they see online, they kind of keep striving and they think it's going to make them happier. Yeah. If they just get a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I feel like we've never had a time in history where beauty standards have been more complex. Oh, my gosh. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, there's been dangerous phases in the past, but this feels different. It feels different because it's in your face every day. When I was growing up, we had magazines and you would look through and you would see these beautiful models that are airbrushed and they look great. And then you put the magazine away and you go on with your day. But now it is constant. And every day, I have a 13-year-old niece, and I don't want her thinking that you have to do all these things, you know, to attain this beauty standard that's really not realistic. And so that's why I really push with her skincare. If you can have beautiful glowing skin, I don't care how old you are, you will look and feel really great. Yeah. And so to me, that's the foundation for everything really great skin. And there's so many things you can do. It is some lasers and stuff like that. And it is some products, but it's Mm -hmm. also supplements. It's also getting enough sleep. Yeah. It's also decreasing your stress. Mm -hmm. Um, It's looking at your daily habits. I see people come in and see, and they'll have a lot of blackheads on the one side of their face. Yeah. And they'll sit there and we'll talk to each other and, you know, we discuss what they want to get done. And the whole time they're doing this. And then afterward, I'll ask them, do you touch your face? And they always say no. I'm like, really? Because in the last 15 minutes, you've touched your face like 25 yeah. times. Yeah. And what it, what are you doing when you touch your face? You're feeding those, those pimples or those yep. blackheads. You are literally feeding them and like, what, it's like watering a plant, right? Yep. So these lifestyle changes, once you're aware of them, you can change how you behave in order to decrease the chance that those are going to be problematic, Right. If you're doing dermaplaning, which is so popular, mm-hmm. and you real and you notice that after you do dermaplaning, the day after or two days later, you break out. Well, maybe dermaplaning is not good for your skin. Yep, because it's actually causing those oils to get trapped mm-hmm. and causing a little bit of abrasion in the skin. So things that you see that you think like, oh, everyone's doing them on Instagram and TikTok, and it must be good. Also, too many products. A lot of people use too many totally products. Overdo it. And you don't yep. need all those products. Yeah. And so it's that whole education that I like to really focus on with people because they get little bits and pieces. And they don't know what is real and what is appropriate for them mm-hmm. and what is not. And not everything, a retin-A is not appropriate for everyone. Yep. You know? Yeah. Um, I've seen little girls going to the store getting retinols and stuff and i'm like this is not appropriate for your skin yeah it's going to rip away at the acid mantle that is protecting your skin yep 
and it's going to make you more sensitive to the sun. And it's just not appropriate. Yep. It's not necessary either. Yeah. You know, collagen doesn't decrease until you're mid to late 20s. And then it decreases just a little bit every year. And so I think that there's because we are constantly inundated with quote unquote information, it's really hard to decipher, okay, which is this to go into the pile of really true information or maybe true, but not for me or completely false. Like yep. When people say, oh, once you start doing Botox, you have to do it forever. Totally false. You do not have to I know. To do I it heard forever. that for years. No, no. Botox just stops the muscle movement under the skin. It pauses it, like puts it on pause. And so that skin can't move in and out and in and out. And it prevents the wrinkle from forming. Do you think aging completely naturally with nothing? Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think that I've struggled with this when it comes to different cosmetic sort of procedures? Because I'm like, do I preserve the the natural human form? Does that even need to be preserved? It's this moral dilemma. And I've gone back and forth about it forever okay so you probably don't remember this yeah but way back when when i was growing up there used to be ads on tv that someone would walk into a room and she would and she um had this beautiful hair and it would say does she color her gray only her hairstylist knows for sure it was shameful does she cover her gray like she's old enough to have gray she must have gray yeah but the only person that knows is her hairstylist because she doesn't tell anyone because it's a secret. Right. I feel like that's the same now. Yes. Whereas like no one cares about the hair anymore. It's so beyond. No one even cares. It's like, oh, who go, who who colors your hair? Yeah. It's, it's so obvious. it's not even rude to ask no, that. No. It's not taboo. Right? It's not weird. No, exactly. It is so accepted. I wonder if that's going to happen with especially Botox. And yeah. like And like, you know, even different like micro needling, different lasering. Like I wonder if it's going to become a thing at some point where it's not taboo. It's just like... Yeah, most people do this. I think it's already kind of getting to that point. I think it is too. Overall, if you look at this sort of whole industry as a whole, what you do, but also even plastic surgery, just this whole space, right, of, of, you know, aesthetic enhancements, do you think that this is having a net positive impact on the world or net negative as a whole? Oh, gosh, that's a really hard question. I know. I think we need to pump the brakes a bit. I think that it's gotten to the point now where we need to start focusing on things that are really important and focusing our time and effort on building our internal self, I think that we need to really hone those kind of skills and and teach those to our youth and and celebrate those kind of things. Like it's gotta be more than just looks. I feel like, you know, the industry of various, I don't even know the word to use it, like cosmetic enhancements, medical, cosmetic, aesthetic enhancements. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole industry in general, I actually think that it's pretty miraculous. You know, it's for somebody who got into a car accident, for somebody who has, you know, really bad jaw pain, whether it's something like that or it's just, I don't like my nose and I want it to look different. Right. It is a miracle that we've figured out how to do these things. But I think that the reason why we can't necessarily celebrate these advancements to the level that we want to is because we live in a very vain era mm-hmm. of society. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like these advancements mixed with society focused on vanity, like where vanity is like the number one pillar of whatever. It's like yeah. that's why it's a bad combo, which I think is unfortunate because how great would it be if there wasn't this sort of universal dysmorphia happening all at once? Right. That's what makes it so horrifying. You're probably overwhelmed by that. But then at the same time, you're like, I want to do good here. Right. So exactly. it's, it's just, I don't know. Does it like it's ever keep you up at night? The older my clientele gets, the more accepting they are of themselves. And it's really refreshing. Also, once people have children, mm. They kind of realize like, oh my gosh, I can't control everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do what makes me feel good. But those little things that used to bug me, it's kind of like that don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. The older you get, the less you sweat the small things, right? And so I do think it's a factor of age. And so I feel like I 
my duty is to kind of reiterate that to mm-hmm. my younger clientele and then steer them on the path to what's really going to make you look good, feel good, and be in the best possible situation for you to excel in life in general. Mm-hmm. It's not just about lasers and injectables. It is a lot about sleep. It's a lot about dealing with your stress. And you know, for someone to say, deal with your stress, it's such a vague concept. But when I give them really tangible things that they can do, yeah, and I'll say, download this app. Here, I've already gone through the thousands of meditations. These are the four great ones. I want you to commit to me And this is what I have these conversations. I have long meetings with my clients because I really want the best results. And it's not just here, boom, 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 inject, bye. It's like, okay, I will do these things, but this is all the background stuff that that has to happen also. And once you get all of this under control, you are going to look better. You are going to feel better because you're giving your body all the resources it needs in order for, your body wants to heal itself. Yeah. But we do things that strip away your body's capacity mm-hmm. to heal itself. What are, what are the things that we do? We stay up too late. Um, drugs and alcohol. Stress. I really delve into that with my clients and I say, you know, what are you doing? Are you taking certain supplements? Are you washing your face every night before you go to bed? If you have acne on your back, after you wash the conditioner out of your long hair. Are you exfoliating that back? Do you lift back? up your yeah. hair yeah. and then wash off that residual conditioner that's now on your back clogging your pores? Oh, I used to have that so bad. Okay, yeah. so <clears throat> all of these things. And most of the time when you go to the dermatologist, they don't have that much time to sit down and talk to you. And so, yeah. and they're not looking at, I feel like I'm a skin detective. I go around and I'm like, let us let me see your makeup brushes. And they'll open their bag. Oh, they're right here. I'm like, oh, so your makeup brush is just touching your wallet, which you were just at Earth Cafe Ooh. on the counter. And then on the, with the <laughs> money. The and so Cafe now counter. you're putting that now on your face. Yeah. Is that right? And yeah. you're like, oh, I didn't think about that. So all of these things you don't think about, you know, that are, that are exacerbating whatever problem you have with your skin. Yep. There's so many factors. Your diet, are you eating a lot of processed foods? Yep. You know, I mean, a lot of people say drink more water and it's, it's, that's great, but there's a lot more to it. You've got to decrease the amount of sugar and processed foods that you're eating. Mm-hmm. And all of these things work together. Yes. To really, to really help you. Well, I think too, you know, a lot of people, I think in a way, because now getting various procedures, it's, it's so much more available now. Mm-hmm. That I feel like people feel like they can be lazy when yeah. it comes to taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think the, for optimal results, you're completely right. It's like someone should come in the best possible version of themselves. Obviously, none of us are perfect. We're always going to like, you know, be like, oh, I didn't sleep that well last week. But it's like bird's eye view. If you want to get a procedure done, you should probably get your routine in order first. Because like I think before you get pregnant, be in the best shape. Yep. So that your pregnancy is easier. Totally. Um, be in the be- and the other thing is with some of the lasers and stuff that I do, if you get sun exposure afterward, you can actually cause something called hyperpigmentation. It's right. called PIH, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Yep. So you can make the the pigmentation worse yep. if you get this um, sun exposure. So I'm going to show you a picture. I want you to tell me what this is a truck driver. He drove a truck his whole life. Yep. Okay. So we know that UVA rays penetrate glass and clouds, yep. right? Can yep. you tell me what side his window was on? <gasps> oh, it's pretty fucking obvious. It's pretty obvious, right? That's on the right. Yeah. Well, when I'm looking at it, it's okay. on his so left. So what does that mean? That means that the UVA light that's penetrating into your car is aging your skin. Yeah. So I always, I went to get my driver's um, license mm-hmm. and I took the test and I took the test with my hands down here. The guy that was giving me the test was like, well, you need your hands at 10 and 2. And I didn't know what 10 and 2 was because I always saw my dad drive like this. He never drove like this. He was driving with his hands underneath yes. the wheel because he was like, I yes. don't want my hands to get wrinkled. Yes. <gasps> yes. I need to start wearing sunscreen. Isn't that so Weirdly, funny? this just so made me want to wear it better. So there's a reason why it's called the glove box, right? Yeah. You can get gloves on Amazon that are like $5 that have the fingers cut out. And guess what else you can use them for? Oh, when you get your nails done. Gel manicure. So I have like, I've got these gloves everywhere. I think they're $5.99. They're in my glove compartment. They're at my house. There's like probably one in my purse because I always want them there for if I do a gel manicure or when I'm driving. But the other culprit Mm -hmm. to skin aging is the sunroof. 
right? We're sitting in our car all day long. We're just baking all that UVA light. And some people go, oh, I think mine has a UV filter. I'm like, "Mm, I don't believe it. So I'm like racking my brain. How can I fix this? And then I realized $7 solution at CVS. I went in and got a piece of black poster board. Yeah. And I just put it up between the two. Great. I have total blackout in my car. Wait, you have so many life hacks. I feel like go through all of your life hacks. Okay, so that's a great life hack. The other life hack I have for people who maybe don't want to get Botox or are, you know, it's it's pretty expensive. Yeah. If you notice that you have a tendency to frown, again, I cannot do it. <laughs> but <laughs> if you have a tendency to frown and you constantly are like scowling, maybe you're thinking a lot or maybe that's just your go-to um, expression. Yeah. Oftentimes people will also do it while they sleep. Yep. And so they're kind of setting those wrinkles in while they sleep. Mm -hmm. So you can go to the hardware store and get paint tape. Or there's also a tape by 3M. It's called paper tape. And you can get it. You can get it on Amazon, but you can also get it at all of the Uh drugstores, right? So say you're sitting around and you're studying or, you know, you inadvertently frown your eyes when you sleep. Yep. You're obviously not going out like this. But if you are one of those kind of people that does it often, just take that and then put it right here oh and then every time you make that frown it's like a constant tap on the shoulder you can't do it yeah yeah and even if you do a little bit it reminds you and so you go oh wow i was doing it again i was trying not to so wear that when you sleep you can leave it right by your bed and it comes right off do you feel like people take the hacks too far like how do you feel about i remember i saw this straw Uh one time that's like so that you don't like it's like, so instead of going like I think that's a this, little crazy. It was like a straw where you could just go. I think that's I'm ridiculous. I'm not kidding. No, Dude, I've I seen I think it's a little ridiculous. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, because wrinkles are there when you're doing something constantly and excessively. Yeah, like having a little sip out of the straw. It's like, what's happening? That's, that that I would not. It's like when into. you're making an expression all day long. Exactly. I feel like it can't become an obsession. Like you need to right? have a healthy relationship with like, okay, I am going to age a little bit. Yeah. But also it's about finding ways to integrate you know, whether it's into your beauty routine, that could be going and getting Botox or filler. It could also just be your skincare routine and sunscreen. It's like finding ways to naturally integrate, you know, these things into your schedule in a way that doesn't control your life though. You know what I mean? It can't control your life. That is the key. And and that balance is what sometimes it takes a little bit more life experience to get there. Yeah. Um, Some people get it, but some people... You kind of have to live a little longer to realize, okay, I am not going to obsess over XYZ. I'm going to just kind of like have a more balanced approach. Yep. And yes, do things. Do things because they make you feel better and look better. Mm-hmm. But take it. Don't take it to the extreme because mm-hmm. that's when you can get into some real problems. Well, it is really interesting how different – I don't think people take seriously enough – how your well-being impacts the way that you look. It's everything. Like people do not realize that. Like Mm -hmm. I've made shifts in my life and gone like, you know, let's say I saw somebody at one point, a bad point. And then six months later I see them again and I'm in a way better point. Mm -hmm. They know. Without even me opening my mouth, they're like, something's different with you. Mm -hmm. You look vibrant. You look alive. You look so healthy. Like, you know, whereas before the last time they'd seen me, I was like, depressed and like in bad situations and like they caught on to it and it was so fascinating but it's like again I think there's all these different things that we can do to make ourselves look and feel better but it has to start there it really does it does and it sounds corny and it sounds stupid but I think even you you must agree it it all starts there it's like when someone's in love you can tell I want you and everyone else to be in love with themselves yeah so much in love with yourself that you're like Oh no, I'm going home to go to bed. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to eat this instead. Or yeah. just be in love with yourself and treat yep. yourself like you are in love with yourself. Yeah. Super kindly, and you'll see a difference. It's so true. Yeah. It it's is palpable. So true. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to touch on? I mean, I don't think so. I think that's I feel like good. We did, we did everything so much. I right? mean, that was phenomenal. That was great. Well, thank you for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. You're the best. That was ever. awesome. And I'll see you soon for laser. For sure. <laughs> but you and are maybe noticing, master Botox. What? Uh, you are noticing a decrease, right? Oh my God. I exfoliated. Yeah. And it was like, <gasps> it all fell out. Okay. So that's the thing. <clears throat> that's the so difference fun. between laser hair removal using IPL. Yeah. 
Yeah, it works. It was amazing. And it's permanent. And by the way, also, one other thing I want to add, don't be embarrassed if you go somewhere mm -hmm. to get your laser hair removal and you have a hair or two or three mm -hmm. growing in an, air, in an area that you think is so weird because it's actually not weird. I have done laser hair removal on people's tips of their nose. I've done it on women, the belly, uh -huh. like bikini, going all the way up to the belly button, mm -hmm. nipples, toes, mm -hmm. back, lower back, mm -hmm. nape of the neck, mm. all these areas. And I get one on my chin. Yeah, in chin. Exactly. I need you to help yeah, me. yeah. No, it's there right now. I've been touching. And the <laughs> other key, the other key is you have to do it while you're young because once that oh. hair turns white, you're done. You're dead. Oh right, you can't get it. You anymore. can't get it. The only way to get rid of a white hair is to do something um, where they put like a really thin needle and they electrocute it, mm -hmm. and it's a one by one process, like <gasps> one hair at a time. Okay, next yeah. time I'm in, can we do my one chin? Yes, but the other thing is, is you have to make sure that it's shaved and not plucked. Oh, right, right, right. I need that root. Yep. If you there's root. no root in there, my laser's like, mm, yeah, I don't see anything. Yep. But if there's a root, it's like, doom, doom, doom. We see where we need to. I'm so excited yeah. for my one chin hair. Yeah. Wow, actually, we'll we'll talk about my special my special spots next time I'm in. Sounds great. I can't wait. Okay, see Thank you then. Thank you for coming on. You're the best. Bye. You are the best. <laughs> Thank you.